Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Babe. Welcome to Coco, Coco Caliente. Caliente. But you're just bossy. You're awfully giggly today. You're bossy. How am I bossy? Because he, he wants to have all the settings perfect. And if I do a noise like this, like that. He, yeah, which if you do long enough, people hurries, will turn off the podcast. He hurries up and turns <laughs> me off. Anyways, so Victor is turning 29 years old on April 20th, so that will be when this podcast is out. And how does it feel to be almost 29? Almost 29. I mean, it won't feel much different (laughs) until I turn 30. Yeah, that's a big one. But just right now... (sighs) I guess I don't feel like I'm 29, right? I, still I know. It freaks me out to think. Like, I'm figuring out our ages, and when I'm buying, like, balloons, I'm like, wait, am I buying 28 balloons? Yeah, sometimes balloons? people ask me my age, and I'll be like, I'm tw- uh, tw- 28? I'm 28, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I don't know. For me, I think back to, like, high school, mm-hmm. and, like, I was driving, you know, at work, you know, we were patrolling around random areas, and we drove by a high school, and I was like, oh, let me pull into this high school. You know, it's empty now, mm-hmm. given the circumstances, but I drove around, I looked, and I was like, man, what no worries we had back in high I school. Know. You know, like, you, you go through high school, and every little problem that you have, mm-hmm. you think it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You, you honestly, oh, my God, this girl doesn't like me, or I'm going to fail this test. It's going to be so bad, and I'm ruined, and then later you realize that... I was so chill. It was so chill, though. It's not a big deal. Right. Nothing. You, you're spending somebody else's money, mm-hmm. right? And all you got to do is get good grades. Yeah. I mean, and even if you don't get the best grades, you mm-hmm. can still go to college, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, that's, that's a long-winded way to say it's like I, I don't feel as old as I am. What do you hope to get accomplished by 30? By 30? I definitely want to have kids. Definitely want to have Plural, kids by 30. So do you realize it takes... Nine, Nine months. months, so we can maybe have one kid by then. No, we could have two. No. So it's impossible to have twins? No, no, it's not. <laughs> gotcha, you got me. <laughs> no, I, but, I hope we have twins. I mean, at least, I, you know, I'd hope to have a kid. I hope, you know, we're married and and um, I just want to <laughs> keep doing the job that I'm doing, you know, because I enjoy it. Uh, but I don't know. I also think that I want to continue to stay in shape. That's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. So I want to be, you know how people have that dad where it's like, 
wow, I can never beat my dad in anything until he like starts getting really old. <laughs> That's what you want. That's what I, I want to be. My that, dad is that dad. Yeah, I want to be like forty years old and still like kicking ass. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so. I don't know. That, I get it. That that's something too. But so staying in shape is important. Staying to you. in. I mean, it's longevity too, right? Because I want to be able to play with our grandkids. I don't want to be like that grandpa that can't even play with. You yeah, know. but sometimes it's not a choice. Sometimes I know, but if it's up to me, yeah. and if it's my choice, and I'm and I'm, mm-hmm. if no other circumstances in my <laughs> life cause it to be something else that I can't, if it's just me exercising and staying healthy, then I want to keep that yeah. control. You okay. know what I mean? Well, that's good. So. Um, well, today's guest is absolutely magnificent. Oh, yes. I, I fell is, in love with him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he is just a fre- breath of fresh air. He's, I mean, on Grey's Anatomy. He's, yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit, he's kind, he's kind of a big deal, yeah. but he's very humble and down to earth. And we I feel I, like friends with him now. I can confidently say he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy this podcast with Jake Borelli. Hello. Hello, hey. hello, hello. Hey, sorry. I, I, I think you just saw it. I couldn't figure out how to work FaceTime, but we figured it out. Yeah. I was like, wait, is he is he dodging us? Because I <laughs> I, 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 feel, I was about to be felt stood up. <laughs> yeah, I called and then I realized you could see my face, which is not a good face oh, to see right now. It's I very... See. It's very bearded and all this stuff. So then I immediately hung up and Googled how to just FaceTime audio. And uh, that's when you go. Well, that, that's that's the funny thing. Me and Nicole, when people ask us to do like, oh, you should do your podcast on like, or post it on YouTube or do it like a live thing. And we're like, oh, well, I'm in like shorts and I don't even have yeah, underwear fun, on right now. The fun of it is like not having to get ready. So I know. I've been wearing the, sweat, the same sweatpants for like three days. So uh, oh, that, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Same here. Same here. That sounds like well, that's life right now, right? Quarantine yeah, life. That's, that's pretty pretty much life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have Jake Borelli on right now. Borelli. Is it? Is it? Is that? How, am I pronouncing it right? Yeah. Yeah. Jake Borelli. Is it, is that Italian based? Yeah, my dad's side of the family is all Italian from New York. So Italian uh, yeah. from New York, and then from like maybe like Sicily or something, or like mainland. <laughs> That's what they like to say. I don't know if we're actually from Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I yeah, I like uh, when I talk to our guests. Um, I like to know where they came from. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't like just jumping mm-hmm. into everything that everybody knows now because you know that's fun and exciting, and people like to know that. But I like to dig a little deeper. Okay. Awesome. Let's go. Let's go. So you are from the Midwest originally, correct? Yeah, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, for basically my whole childhood. I didn't leave till I was eighteen. Oh wow! And so, what what was it like growing up? Because I am a transplant now into the Midwest. I moved from Louisiana over here to Michigan, uh, and so okay. I'm going three years now. So, what's it like growing up in the Midwest? I mean, it was wonderful. It was kind of like your classic sort of suburban childhood you know i grew up in a a pretty safe suburb right outside of columbus and so we would you know hang out with our friends during the summers and walk to each other's houses and play outside and mm-hmm. all that sort of crazy stuff you see in these like in movies kind of it was like a, it was a <laughs> yeah. very just sort of like safe nice childhood yeah i had i grew up with two brothers and uh we had a couple best friends who lived on our block and we would play out in like the church lot is what we called it. It was basically like the field behind one of the churches right on our road. And 
um, that was like our world as children. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and so yeah. how, how in being in Ohio, nobody really thinks that as being like a place to begin an acting, uh, career. I mean, I guess that passion, right. And I, you did end up moving to LA, but how was that in your mind growing up, like wanting to be an actor mm-hmm. and, and living in the Midwest? I loved TV as a kid. I would watch TV all the time to the point where my parents would, (laughs) I think were a little concerned as to how much TV I was watching. (laughs) And then like, as I would get older, I would, I would stay up to like four o'clock in the morning and binge watch TV shows on Nick at night, like old sitcoms and things. And so I just loved it. And, uh, the story that my mom always likes telling is that apparently when I was super young, my favorite show was Barney Mm -hmm. and, she said, like, apparently, even before I could really form, like, full sentences, I I kept pointing at the TV and, and being like, I want to go there. I want to go there. And she was like, oh, okay, you want to go watch Barney in the audience? You want to go watch Barney? And I was like, no, on stage. <laughs> on stage. <laughs> and so she, she, it was very clear to her that I wanted to be a performer of some type. Um and so the minute I turned nine, I think it was, that was how old you had to be to do community theater in Columbus. Um, and so I started doing theater immediately, um, right right when I hit the age that you could. Yeah. Uh, and that was sort of the, the beauty of growing up in a big city in Ohio, because mm-hmm. Columbus is, is pretty huge. It's the capital, and yeah. there's a, a huge art scene there. It's a really great... Um, it's just like a great sort of liberal art city, basically. And, um, it was, it was a sort of the perfect place to, uh, learn theater and learn about the arts. So as you were learning about <clears throat> theater and the arts, I, I, I understand that you're very avid about art itself, right? Not the art of just acting, but the artistic art of like drawing, right? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm huge into visual art. And so, how did yeah. you how did you decide? Because you you even contemplating going to art school, correct? Yeah, it was a huge. That was probably my biggest decision uh, as a like a teenager. Because at that point, I basically started painting seriously in high school. You know, when the once the classes started getting a little more intense, mm-hmm. and um, we were an ib school do you guys know what ib is the international baccalaureate it's like uh oh man that sounds <laughs> so prestigious <laughs> it, 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 when i say those words it does sound a little <laughs> hoity-toity it was basically so so you have ap classes right which are like other college prep, prep yeah. classes yep and then ib classes are the same thing but it's a curriculum that is worldwide so it's like taken um on international schools too. So like if you wanted to go to school in like Europe or something, these oh. classes would transfer. Wow. And so, but, but they had a thing called the IB program, which was basically like, if you took every single class IB, you got like this IB diploma, which was prestigious, I guess, when applying for colleges. So I was like a huge nerd. I loved school so much. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the IB program. So I did like, Every single class, international baccalaureate, including the art classes, which were very intense. Yeah, and- swamped in work. I mean, I can't imagine like mm-hmm. just the amount of work that would take in for oh, for a kid insane. that young. I'm I'm very type A. I really like work <laughs> and like I'm a, a bit of a teacher's pet, so it, it was kind of perfect for me. Um, 
but that's when I really fell in love with art because we were forced to do so much of it. And a lot of it was like research-based art and um, figuring out process and really learning technique and stuff. And so it was pretty much like a college program art class, but in my high school, which was a great opportunity. And um, I was just obsessed with painting and I was on the track to going and being a, a fine art major in college. And, but then I also had this love of theater and acting and, once high school started, I think I had done like 17 plays or something oh, wow. at downtown at Columbus Children's Theater. And I had started um, through people that I met at the theater um, with, I had started with an agent, a regional agent in Columbus, Ohio, and mm-hmm. was doing commercial work and radio work and sort of making money doing that. And, um, and you know, sort of getting bit by the bug of, this artistic passion maybe turning into a career. Yeah. So then, you know, senior year happens and you have to decide what college you're going to, if that's what you want to do. And because I grew up at this IB school, we, we were forced to apply to colleges. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. And at that point, I was going back and forth in my head about whether I even wanted to go to college. And it was a huge decision, but I ended up saying, you know what? screw it. I want to be an actor. I want to move to LA. I want to drop college, which was like unheard of at my school. I think three kids from my school didn't go to college. Oh, and I was wow. them. You're the odd man it, out. Yeah. Right. And it was kind of nuts too, because I loved school so much and I loved going to school and learning and all this stuff. And so it was a little, I think it was a little bit out of left field for some people when they well, heard I wasn't going to college. And, so. Yeah. And how, how'd your parents take that? Were they a little apprehensive about that or were they just like all you know, trying to keep a good face for you, you know, or <laughs> they were for sure apprehensive. Cause I think that they knew the benefit of going to college, but I think that they saw that I was, um, you know, really, I, I wasn't taking the decision lightly and I had a plan. And, um, at that point I had flown to LA and met with managers and really sort of took it, um, took it into my own hands and, and was, I wasn't doing it willy nilly, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that they, at, at a certain point I was 18 and they didn't really have a say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had an opinion, but I think that they trusted my opinion as well, which thank God they did. Cause it the, was a huge, huge thing for them to let me move it, all the way across the country. And it's funny you say that because as, as, so I work in as a police officer here, a state trooper in Michigan and 17 mm. and 18 is a weird age <clears throat> for us, right? Cause for parents, you cannot kick your child out of the house at 17, right? You can't just neglect your child and say, mm-hmm. you got to leave my house. But at 17, they're allowed to leave the house and you're not allowed to stop them. Right. right. <laughs> it's a bit of a catch 22. Yeah, exactly. And then at 18, then you can be like, all right, get the heck out of my house. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a weird age, but they, they trusted me. And I think that, I think, you know, that I had sort of proven my dedication and proven my desire. And I also think, I, and even looking back, I, there's a huge part of me that doesn't truly believe that college is the best route for everybody. I have the same sentiments. Yep. Yeah. And I'm so glad I didn't go to school. I think it would have actually sort of halted my development in a a weird way. 
So when Nicole and I first started our uh, Coco Caliente merchandise, it was hard, right? You think uh, you're going to sell this stuff online, it's going to be easy, but you get a lot of orders. You're getting them out fast is tough. You know, you got to keep track of who gets what, what shipping carrier you should use, are you getting the best rates? And that's why we use ShipStation. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Just a few clicks and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your products to happy customers. ShipStation makes it easy. It helps online sellers of any size get orders out quickly and you save money on shipping costs. And no matter what you're selling, it can be on Amazon, Etsy, or your own website. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Coco Caliente listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code COCO. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of delivery culture. Get started at ShipStation.com today. Click on the microphone on the top of the homepage and type in COCO. That's ShipStation.com, then enter the offer code COCO. ShipStation, make ship happen. So let's say you were going to do the art track and I'm just trying to picture in my mind, what would that look like in terms of a career, uh, like a sustainable career for an artist? Not like, you know, the Van Goghs of the world where, you know, years after passing, (laughs) you know, you become famous or whatever. So Mm -hmm. is it like, is it being an art director or is it being like an artist and just having your studio and then doing stuff on the side? Like what, what would that have looked like? I would have loved to have just been a, a fine art painter, but once again, that would have been another career path, as you're saying, that was sort of up in the air. And so one of the, the huge things that I wanted to do was work in an art department at Pixar, the art department at Pixar, basically, because I was obsessed with Pixar movies. I loved sort of this, like, realism, but within cartoon characters, and that's sort of what, what my focus was during the, uh, the classes I was taking at school. And so that would have been a, a sort of like a dream path for me. Yeah. But but that's what factored into the decision too. It was like both of these things that I really wanted to do both seemed a little bit... Um, Impossible almost. Uh, yeah, and a little <laughs> bit based in dreams and a little bit like, well, if, I, if, if both of these paths are uncertain, I might as well do the one that I want a little bit more, which is acting. And I also might as well do the one that's not going to put me, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I totally agree. So when you are doing uh, these plays like in high school, were you just like stand out, like getting the best role or is it called lead role? Right. So like getting the lead role, just doing, (laughs) are you just like, Oh my gosh, he's so good. He needs to like pursue this. Or like she, she, yeah, or she wants to know if you were really bad. No, and not really bad. But if just you're, like if you're the worst one there, and to like, be honest, I was, I was, I was pretty good. I would. So this was this was the theater downtown. So it was a more of a professional theater. Oh, the, okay. The high school. Okay. And it was, um, it was, it, yes, I, I would. I, I I tended to to sort of be in the in the bigger roles, the more media roles, and then there was also a thing called. Um, suicide uh casting or suiciding for a role which if you're if you grew up in the theater you would you would get excited about that yeah i know I, I know exactly yeah, what that is explain it to nicole oh, just yeah. so she understands <laughs> so, so it's basically um you 
you mm-hmm. audition and you say, I'm only auditioning for this role. And oh. a lot of these like community theaters, you will audition and they, they will place you in the role, like mm-hmm. kind of like what you would do in high school. But because I was so busy and doing a lot of regular school, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, it's such a time commitment. We were doing, you know, at age like 10 to 15, we were doing eight shows a week. Oh, oh um, my god. While doing school, we were doing three shows on Saturday sometimes. Like it was a it was wow. a grueling schedule. And so I was like if I'm going to commit to this, I, I want the 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 meaty role. And so I would suicide mm-hmm. for the roles all the time. Oh, um, the marvelous Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so That's awesome. it was in that it was in that group that I, I you know, learned a lot and and created some contacts that actually helped me when I when I started doing. So your parents your but. parents knew that you were really good then. So like moving to LA, it's like okay, this kid he's got a good shot at <laughs> you know making his dreams come true. Yeah, and I was working with a lot of really talented people too. Like mm-hmm. the um, uh, the theater that I grew up with, the, some of the alumni are like uh, Josh Radner, who's the main guy in How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. You know, he, yep. he was he was one group ahead of me in that program, oh, and wow. then Mike Feist, who's uh, the one of the lead characters in Dear Evan Hansen, the Broadway show. He he played Connor uh, Murphy, who the whole show sort of like circles around. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, he he was in my program. We did so many plays together, wow. um, and. So it was like it was a it was a really good group of people yeah. to, to learn with. Cool. So uh, that that's crazy, and, and and it gave you the confidence to even want to do that, right? Because you know you, you were doing well um, before we leave Ohio, right? Before we leave Ohio, I, I want I'm going to ask you some trivia questions. Oh see if gosh. you know, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Ohio gets his name from. Oh. Is it an Indian tribe? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Iroquois, okay. the Iroquois word for Ohio, meaning Great River. Ah. <laughs> okay. And then a uh, very, very random fact, the actual cash register uh, was invented in Ohio by James Ritty in 1878. Oh. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> so one trivia question. One trivia question, another fun fact. He got it. Um, <laughs> Uh, so at 18, you, you make that move uh, to L.A. Um, what, what is that like? Like what's going through your head? Because it has to be a whirlwind experience, especially, I mean, I imagine, I imagine you going to the mm-hmm. Hollywood sign and being like, oh, my God, I'm here, right? <laughs> like this is – I'm here and I, I just got to make it here, you know? I mean, it was – you guys, looking back, it was insane. I don't know what I was thinking. And like, I know I just, I, I know I just applauded my parents for letting me move out there alone. But like, what were they thinking? <laughs> I, a lot of, you know, most kids they go to college and they're like in their dorm and they have like a card that pays for their meals and stuff. Like, right. I was like, I was like learning how to pay bills by myself and pay rent and like, and like you know, I like going to the DMV, like, what is that as an 18 year old? It was like crazy. And my, the, 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 my senior year, basically my mom and I went out a couple times to, to, you know, meet with um, managers and, and start auditioning a little bit. And I remember her and I, we were like driving around aimlessly trying to figure out what to do. We ended up driving up to the Fox lot, which is like this massive studio on the West side Mm -hmm. because we just wanted to see it. (laughs) We drove drove up to the main gate and they're like, hello, what's your name? Can we have your ID? And we were like, yeah, yeah. We're just here to like 
go in and see. Like, you can't do that. Like, what? So we were, like, so oblivious. We, we walked around um, Hollywood and Highland where the, the um, you know, all the handprints are. And yep, the stars yep, yep. Along the road, Chinese theater like, and all that. Yeah, like the tourist central, right? And mm-hmm. we were like, oh, my God, this is Hollywood. Let's go there. <laughs> um, and we walked up to the, the information booth where this, like, looking back he was probably like 17 years old mm-hmm. the, the kid working the info booth and we went up very earnestly and we're like hello where do aspiring actors live where should i where should i get an apartment and this kid looked at us like we were like what like we were idiots and looking back i'm like what were we doing we had no idea it's funny because I, I I lived briefly in in California in Claremont, and then I remember like being excited to go down to that that area, that specific area you're talking about, and like parking in the parking garage, like just across the street, and then being mm-hmm. like, all right, this is not where uh, people <laughs> hang out. You know, this is just a straight no. up tourist area. It smells funny. You got people in outfits, you know, trying to get money for pictures. Just like I don't know I that this has is... been there in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and it's funny you do say that because same thing i was 18 and i moved uh to puerto rico to go to college by myself and doing oh, all wow. those things by yourself i mean that's the epitome of growing up right and, yeah. and, and going through those struggles and new things and everything by yourself is kind of like i mean i feel like a lot of people need to experience that but it's really i mean it's not viable for everybody now to do you're, it. now you're very independent yes it, you, yeah you grew up really fast didn't you it, it looking back, I I did, <laughs> and um, who knows what that caused in me? I, I still talk about it in therapy. I'm like, was this a good idea? <laughs> um, but I think it was. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And and so shortly after you get there, how long until you land uh, your your role as Roy in uh, iCarly? Well, so that's what's crazy. It was my first audition. Get out of here. Moving. Oh my yeah. God. I had I had gone on a couple auditions um while I was still living in Ohio because I had a a manager at that point. Um so I was sending a, a couple auditions and I had flown out once or twice like for uh, uh Desperate Housewives was like massive so i was like oh my god i'm gonna fly out because my dad also side note my dad worked for united airlines so i I flew for free so i was not like i wasn't like you know big big money spending to do this but Mm -hmm. i had this wonderful perk because my my dad worked in baggage i got for united and um uh so i did i did that but once i moved my first audition was for iCarly and i happened to book it and it was I was ecstatic because I was obsessed with Nickelodeon as a kid. And, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. It was, it was amazing. And that summer I booked two or three jobs and it sort of uh, surprised me because I think it, it warped my idea of what the business was. I think I, I, I thought partially that, Oh, this is a little bit easier than I thought. Everyone <laughs> said this was going to be the hardest thing in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And um, it, we, I, I sort of, um, hit the ground running, which was amazing. And I think it, it gave me something super valuable, which was the knowledge that like, this is possible. I can book things that it's, it's just a matter of when at this point, um, that then I hit a weird, like two, three year patch where I didn't book anything. Oh. And that's when, that's when, you know, the real struggle started. So it, it wasn't necessarily, 
uh, super difficult the first few months, but then it, then it became a little bit harder. And so what was going through your mind in those? Because so situations like that really allow somebody to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you find you find your your strengths in the darkest times. And I like and I remember myself like uh, just graduating college and then getting this job at Enterprise and then sometimes being like, dude, I don't know if I can afford, you know, the next uh, next couple of weeks here if my paycheck doesn't come on time or if it's on a weekend and mm-hmm. my paycheck doesn't come till Monday. Like I'm, I'm stuck eating ramen. Right. Until that yeah. check comes in. Like what, what was that experience like for you? No, I mean it's awful. It's awful not knowing when you're going to work again or when you're when you're going to get paid. And a lot of what actors live off of are residuals too. Mm-hmm. So we get we get like small small checks for like you know digital sales and mm-hmm. international sales um, through our union. And it's like we never know when they're going to come. It's kind of like you go and you look in your mailbox and it's like you're playing you know, um, whammy, whammy, stop on, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh God, please be a check. Please be a check. And so like, as a kid too, like making money that way, I'm trying to know if you're going to be able to buy groceries or, or be able to pay rent when you're living with five other people in a three bedroom apartment. It's like, it's very stressful and knowing that you have yourself to rely on and that's it. And, um, it, but yeah, it was it was very difficult, and I think it it put a lot more stress on the uh, the career than maybe some other people who are, are a little bit more well off had. And I think it, it it made sort of every audition sort of like a live or die situation. And um, it wasn't it wasn't um, super uh, you know bright and cheery all the time. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and when they depict situations like that in movies, it's like a moment of perseverance and and make it like really glorified. But it sucks when you're in it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I would spend my last money on class, like acting class, to get better and uh, you know studying at weird times because I was also you know working odd day jobs and stuff and mm-hmm. you know going into the to the studio with kids at like 6am to, to practice a play for that night's class. And like, it was, it was, a uh, it was very, um, you know, grassroots and, um, kind of awesome too, in a way though. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. reflecting on the, like, uh, I, life is good now, right? Me and Nicole, you know, we have our house and everything like you, everything's great, right? Things are, things are good in life, but looking back at those times, it's now nice to look back, right? Be like, wow, you know, I made it through that and it's a good experience. It's a bit bit nostalgic. Yeah. And also a lot of those friends that I met in those times when we were all like hunkering down and studying together and reading plays and cooking for each other, like those are still my friends now. Absolutely. And it's, it's sort of my tribe and we all, we all hang out We're we're not, we all, now work together like one of one of my best friends is janine mason she um you know we would produce plays together and study together all the time and she happened to end up on Grey's anatomy with me as one of the other interns that's awesome together for a year and she now has her own tv show and like we're all everyone's sort of coming up together it's 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 a it makes a career that is seemingly an individual career about you and your trajectory through it. Uh, it, it makes it seem more like a group effort and like we're all doing it together, did, which is nice. Did you ever think about quitting in those two years on the back end of those two years? Yeah. I mean, all the time. And, and, um, but that's the other thing. It's like you, you put so much energy into this thing and mm-hmm. it, it almost makes it hard to quit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that was also sort of what I was explaining before. That was the special thing about that first year or that first summer 
where I did book quite a bit. It was, it was like, there was always the knowledge in the back of my mind that I am good enough. I, I, I will book again. It's just a matter of when, you know what I mean? It's a bit of like a, it's like a gambling thing. It's like a bit of like yeah. a gambling addiction. It's like, wow, well, just you know, I just need more auditions. Just give, me, give me a couple more quarters. Yeah, I was gonna say one more quarter. Know? Just sit here, so, you know, because yeah. and like you said, I can only imagine like the amount, the you know, the thousands or millions of people that go to LA and then don't book a job at all for mm-hmm. two years. You know, what I mean, and they quit. oh, it's crazy. Yeah, um, it's crazy, and, and I mean, even more. Some people I know have been out here for eight years, ten oh, years, and man. aren't. But and I'm. It's like everyone has a completely different path, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So, so then, so then you land Grey's Anatomy, right? You, mm-hmm. uh, at some point, you grand land Grey's Anatomy, and that was only supposed to be for two episodes. Am I am I correct? Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a possible two episodes, maybe just one episode. Oh. Co-star, which <laughs> co-star is co-star is even you know, less of a certain <laughs> type of role. It's a <laughs> bit of a smaller role. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you, you went to that and then that turned into something that you weren't expecting. And so like what, what you obviously nailed it. Yeah. You obviously <laughs> did a good job, right? You obviously, uh, I'm not, I don't want to boost your ego. You did all right. Okay. <laughs> um, so like, how is that feeling? Like, okay, wait, they're going to call me back. Like, we're going to keep doing this. Like how, what is that process like, uh, then, like logistically, yeah, yeah. right? Like, are they like, all right, look, we, we want you for more episodes and, and then it can turn yeah, into something so like it, it, it started out even weirder. I was at a point I had been in LA for eight years. Oh wow! And I was on a Nickelodeon show, like uh, on and off, basically for a couple years, and having a blast. But other, you know, I was still working a day job, and I was still, um, you know, fighting to pay rent and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was just, I was, I felt like I had given so much to the uh the industry side of things that i had lost a little bit of the the craft and a little bit of my love for why i loved it in the Mm -hmm. first place um Mm -hmm. uh and so i made a crazy decision after auditioning for the harry potter play in new york i auditioned a bunch for that and i realized you know what i want to do theater i want to study harder i want to meet with some coaches out in New York that I, that I love. And so I moved to New York after oh, eight years in LA. Oh my I, God. I, I sold that. and like fully moved guys. I sold my car, oh quit my, my job, changed my health insurance over. I, I was under Obama, Obamacare. I like switched it over to the New York. Let, let's I, just say that the health insurance, switching moved. your health insurance is a big deal. Is. That is it's huge. A big deal. It, it took a long time <laughs> yes. and I fully moved, fully moved. I was like, making friends like i was living with six people in an apartment in brooklyn like studying uh, theater with an amazing coach out there and i was there for six weeks and sent one audition tape and that was for Grey's anatomy it was from my agent back in la who was like trying to pull me back to LA. (laughs) i sent in one audition tape but it was i i remember i got it super late at night i didn't know that many people in new york Grey's Anatomy was always sort of known as this show that was like impossible to audition for and like really hard to book because it was like this, you know, super amazing thing. Yeah, it's a machine of a show for sure. Right. And so I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. Like I was in my mind, I was thinking like McDreamy, McSteamy. And 
I, so I was like, I don't even know that I'm going to be able to put this on tape. And so I called my one friend that I knew might be able to help me. And I was like, if she answers, I'll put it on tape. If not, I don't think I'm going to be oh, able to do it. Oh, wow. And luckily she answered and we put it on tape, sent it away. And then I just forgot about it. Because I was like, that's crazy. Not me. It's never going to happen. <laughs> and two weeks later, they called me and were like, you booked the role. Can you oh be here in God. LA at 10 a.m. tomorrow? Tomorrow. So I, yeah. So I flew the night flight. That was I found out at 9:30 p.m. New York time. I packed up all my stuff, flew out to LA the next day for my two episodes, shot my two episodes, and then went back to New York. And I was like, "What a wonderful whirlwind experience! <laughs> that was insane! Oh my God!" And then they asked me back for another episode. And I was like, what? Oh. Holy mackerel. Because I had this cool storyline where like, I you know, dropped my glasses in a patient's body. Yeah. And I ended up sleeping with one of the, the hot female doctors, um, Joe Wilson. And it was like this awkward, like weird <laughs> thing. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll come back as a patient. That's great. Like, how fun. I'll yeah. like, come back and like yeah. wreak havoc again on the hospital. And then as I was packing to come back for another week to do another episode. I got a call from my rep saying, hey, you're not pinned for one more episode anymore. I was like, ah, oh, bummer. And they were like, no, you're pinned for, you're pinned for eight. Oh, so my gosh. To be, yeah, so plan to be here for two months. And I was like, what? And so I like told all my 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 um, uh, roommates and my sublet, I was like, guys, I'm not coming back. <laughs> like, I, I <laughs> I'm not coming back. And I moved that night back to LA. And wow. Yeah, the eight episodes ended up turning into 20, which ended up turning into a series regular. It was insane. That is, and wow, I just can't imagine like getting that call. I have goosebumps just yeah, hearing it. Like, <laughs> like I, you know, in, in completely different levels of things, like Nicole and I, reality TV, and getting the call to be on the show is like, oh my gosh. But I just can't imagine yeah. like Grey's Anatomy right. called me. Yeah, that's a big and, deal. <laughs> and I, like, they want eight more episodes. Like, what? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I was freaking out because at that point, one episode of that show was life-changing mm-hmm. to me. Like, I even remember walking out to my new roommates in New York and them being like, what? What was that? And I was like, guys, I I, uh, I think I'm going to... I think we're going to be on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> they all, like, lost it. Like, yeah. they celebrated so hard. Like, it was... Yeah, it was life-changing even just to be on that show. And then sort of just, like, a weird dream state to uh, to have it turn into this amazing beautiful thing that it's turned into wow i just that, that that's incredible and and while on the show you actually came out on the show and in real life at the same time correct yeah yeah so after a year of being on the show my character i basically got a, a pitch from our showrunner mm-hmm. that the the character would come out of the closet so it was sort of this you know, whirlwind, another big whirlwind thing for me because I knew that my character coming out on this amazing, prolific, iconic show would be a huge deal for me as someone who loved the show and watched the show and Mm -hmm. always wanted to see myself reflected back, but never quite did. And um, I knew how big it would be for people. And so I knew, I knew people were going to talk about it and be excited by it. And mm-hmm. I knew I would want to join that conversation with them, but I, I wouldn't be able to, if I wasn't out myself. And Absolutely. so I, I was like, Oof, if my character comes out, that means I'm coming out. And mm-hmm. that's going to be massive for me because at that point 
you know, I had been a working actor for eight, nine years Mm -hmm. and was out to everyone in my personal life, but hadn't made like a public statement about it. Okay. And so it was, uh, it was, yeah, I knew it was going to be sort of like a, a big shift in my, uh, life. Yeah, to absolutely. Say the, to say the least. <laughs> no, I, I can only imagine. And and at least, but you didn't like your your parents knew, and everybody in your in your like inner circle of life and your personal life, they knew already, right? Yeah, yeah. So I I came out to my parents when I was eighteen. It was actually flashback to me moving to LA, right? We, uh-huh. How how sort of crazy everything was and at that point i was still in the closet i was out to my one best friend in high school who i came out senior year to um and she was gonna keep us my secret for me because Mm -hmm. i i had these ideas that if i was going to be a professional actor i couldn't come out of the closet because a lot of things i heard growing up growing up uh, especially in ohio in uh religious environment yeah conservative um, midwest yeah yeah and in a and in a time when you know we had people coming out in the media that would then you know their careers just sort of ended yeah or they got a lot of backlash for it um i I was hearing a lot of these things and i had had made a decision very young uh around eighth or ninth grade when i knew that i was gay i made the decision not to tell anybody and um so when I moved out to LA alone, I was very much in the closet and wasn't coming out to anyone out here, any of these new people that I was meeting. Mm-hmm. And in that summer where everything was going great, I was like, oh, this is easy. I'm, I'm sort of doing this. I'm living on my own. I'm having a great time. I'm working. I'm learning so much. I'm meeting so many new people. Um, I sort of didn't realize how uh, traumatic it was to be alone and in the closet in a new scary big city with Absolutely. all of this pressure. Yep. And I I woke up in the middle of the night one night with a panic attack and and uh, you know I was sort of like these awful things in my mind going like oh my gosh my parents are back in Ohio they're they're dying what's going on you know like making up all this crazy stuff in my head as you do when you're having a panic attack yeah and so I immediately flew home and came out to my parents and so and then came out to my brothers and came out to you know a lot of people in my life that summer because I I I, I didn't it all caught up to me how uh, awful it was for a young person to be in the closet for that long. Yeah, you know? I, I and I've I've seen it before in like different documentaries or talking to different people. Like we had Shane McAnally on; uh, he had you know was talking about that as well. Mm-hmm. And I just can't imagine. And he he was even talking about how you doing your craft a certain way is not exactly who you are. You know what I mean? So you might have gotten better at your craft even after you came out to everybody, especially your family, because you felt more comfortable in your own skin, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, totally. And so... Totally. Well, and I think that there's a sense of when you're doing art, there art, art is so much better when there's an intention behind it and when there is um, a goal that you're uh, uh, aiming at through that art right like when there's a message or when there's a a thing that you're trying to solve or something that you're trying to give to somebody and even even the vulnerability itself mm -hmm. you know all that ties together it it all sort of like glitters up you know and so i think 
especially after coming out so publicly and coming out with this character, I think things changed for me where I finally was able to put my shoulder fully behind my intention, which yep. was to to show people that we're all in this together, that nothing you do is going to be weird and awful and mm-hmm. that there's, uh, you know, humanity and vulnerability and love in, in, in anything. And I think um, it took me coming out in my personal life and publicly to, to sort of fully get behind that intention, mm-hmm. you know? That's awesome. Well, well, I'm happy you were able to do that. And if anybody's listening or, you know, everybody that listens to this, that should give you, you know, a little bit more comfort if you find yourself in that situation. Um, because honestly, everybody should be able to be themselves without, you know, having fear of anything, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, there's that. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, so I wanted to ask you because Nicole and I happen to have done some reality TV. No big deal, right? It's not a big deal. It's, it's literally it's not, not a big deal. A deal. It's, it's oh. actually kind of a huge deal. Yeah. I've been waiting to talk about it. Uh, so, I, I, and this is my transition into what reality TV do you like? Because I am under okay. the understanding that you enjoy reality TV. I do. And here's the thing. I'm going to preface this with I am a crazy person when it comes to spoilers. So I'm going to say this in a very um, (laughs) – I'm scared because when I say how obsessed I am with Survivor, that is such an understatement. (laughs) But the thing is I'm not caught up yet. So I know you guys being in the – realm might know a little bit more than i do but i'm catching up fast um i started so i was obsessed with survivor as a kid yeah survivor is good yeah 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 yes i got i I fell off the bandwagon a little bit you know as Mm -hmm. life happened to me and this past july i well really like a year or two ago i i ended up playing a game of survivor in griffith park here in la with (laughs) like 20 strangers and it lasted like 24 hours and we didn't eat all day and like <laughs> had challenges and voted people off. It was like, a, you know, a you're a fan. Game. You're a fan. So I'm like, I was obsessed. Right. <laughs> and I played with a girl. One of the girls that I met in that game had played survivor. She was in the, um, season 30, the, um, uh, white collar, blue collar, no collar. Okay. And so after playing with her, we made it to the final two, her and I, and oh my she gosh. won. But I, think, but I think she only won because the uh, people voting on the the jury were oh, fans of Survivor. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, this is a pity vote." I would have won that thing, but I got second place. That's awesome, but, right? So I was like, "Oh, I was burned by the fact that she beat me." So I was like, "Now I got to watch this girl's season." So last July, I started watching from her season. And became obsessed. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch from season one. So since July, I've been binging oh, the oh entire series. <laughs> and I'm now on season 33 or 32. <laughs> and I've like literally watched like 300. Or I don't know how many episodes <laughs> that is, right? 300 episodes, That's 30 yeah, times yeah, yeah. 10. Yeah, 30 times 12, over 300. Like 350 episodes of Survivor since July. I'm like <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> And I've been trying to catch up to watch the current season because I know how special it is, but I, I'm not there yet. So <laughs> we'll see. I'd like anytime 
and now it's like very known in my friend group that I'm obsessed with Survivor. So all my, all my friends are coming out of the woodwork as Survivor fans because they're <laughs> watching season 40 right now. Uh-huh. And I'm like, do not tell. Anytime someone texts me about Survivor, I'm like, stop, stop. I'm not, what you're, I'm not reading your text. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm obsessed. That's awesome because, you know, the, the reality TV fans for those shows are that you guys get really invested in it. No, we get really invested in watching these shows and being a part of it and talking to the group. And it's, a, it's almost like a, a guilty pleasure because like you said nobody will say anything about it until one person says something about it and it's like oh you watch yeah that? exactly <laughs> yeah. like i didn't realize there's all these people that still watch survivor like i just uh-huh. did a, a film and me the guy who played my love interest and the girl who played my best friend were all obsessed with survivor <laughs> and we didn't find out until like the last week of filming and we were like we missed so much time to talk about survivor. <laughs> like what's happening oh, that's <laughs> but uh, that's i'm obsessed with survivor uh yeah and now and you know, Survivor, I feel like they've had a, a lot of people on there from, like, Big Brother and mm-hmm. Amazing Race and things like that. So there's, like, I have, like, introductions into other shows mm-hmm. via Survivor, but um, I'm obsessed with that. I'm also super obsessed with um, Project Runway. I've seen every single episode. I <laughs> I love Heidi Klum. I think it's awesome um, and so cool that they're, like, the contestants, they're artists, you know what I mean? They, like, make mm-hmm. things and you get to see it from beginning to end and um, so I love competition shows like that, like Great British Bake Off, and um, so and I'm currently obsessed with American Idol. Oh but, yeah, me too. Yes. I cried though so much watching it. I'm like, you oh know, my okay. god, I gotta stop it's crying. So sad. Let me, it's let me, so okay, sad. let me, let me say, I, I can't. Okay, this is there, it's a great season. I don't get me wrong. It is, but everybody has such a sad story. I know, you know, like, I know. And, like, and, and it's so sad because I refer to people from Nicole. Is that the one that she? Is, that's a single mom. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's, that's you, the one that like lost their friend or lost their dad. I'm like, oh my god, this is so. Is this sad. the homeless one? You know oh what I mean? It's my like, god. yeah, oh. yeah, she's great too. By the way, yeah. <laughs> but, oh my yeah, god, it is. They all have these like. Mm-hmm. amazing stories which i guess is you know it's, it's part of the structure of the show it's sort of right. like what get, gets people to vote for them right it's like everyone has these awesome yeah, stories um, i'll see someone really yeah. good and i'll be like well we haven't se- seen them before i was like well maybe they don't have a sad <laughs> story to share like honestly though it sounds so bad but so like, yeah could... i was born in a upper middle class family had a great yeah. childhood like, family's like, great i'm like wait why are we yeah, just like, seeing this voted off <laughs> 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 So quarantine life has to be going pretty okay for you then saying that you like to, you know, binge some reality TV, you like to paint. Have you been painting? Uh, I haven't been painting just because no. it's a bit of a production. You have oh, okay. to like, you know, you, you get all your stuff out. But I've been knitting <laughs> and oh, I've okay. been doing some embroidery oh, and wow. puzzle making. So it's like, you know, okay. I've been, so lots you of know, stuff. fucks in my artistic muscle. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, painting's a... My apartment's a mess. I wish you guys could see it right now. It's like a disaster zone in here. Um, as, as you were talking about Project Runway, I had a guilty pleasure of a show, and it was America's Next Top Model. Oh, I watched that oh, too. Yeah, ANTM. ANTM. I used to watch that as a like growing up me so too. much. Yeah. My family hated me for it. I'm sure. And, but, and like especially yeah. when they did they did the season of just guys one time, and I was like, oh, this is great. And they, yeah, it, like it's like insane. And so so I don't know that it's just a weird show, especially for for like you know a guy to be like, oh my god, I love America's Next Top Model, but mm-hmm. man, I think it was but awesome. If you think about it, if it kind of makes sense, you just look at Pretty Girls all yeah. day. Like it kind of makes sense. It's <laughs> sure. a little bit like my dad is obsessed obsessed with um, 
the ba- uh, the Bachelor, and I'm oh. like, oh. Well, that kind of makes sense because it's like pretty girls all fighting over a dick. You know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. Did you watch The Bachelor or do you watch The Bachelor? I've seen a couple seasons of it, but I I didn't watch this last one. But uh, I'm very intrigued by the idea. I I think it's really interesting. And and a bunch of my friends watch it. Well, because I never watch it. This was our first season that we watched because we wanted to understand, like, the hype. And oh, it was yeah. like pretty terrible, like <laughs> terrible, and like you feel so. It was a train wreck of a season. I'll just say I, that I, it's I, very intense. Like you yeah. put all these people who want love in this pressure yeah. cooker. And There's only one guy and all these girls. I'm just like okay, but let, let's also preface it with the fact that love is in quotation marks, and Instagram is the goal. Is that? Or am I, did I, that's what Victor thinks. Victor is just so convinced that that's they, a very pessimistic look. <laughs> I'm, I, joking. I'm joking. You're right. You're know, definitely right. I, okay, look, I, I I know people think that it's like no, they're looking for. Okay, I get it. But are they? But re, are you know like is that? And then like every time Peter, you know, the guy is like, oh, you know, I, I I'm really starting to fall in love with you. And then he says that to like seven people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then at the end, nobody gets married and nobody's together. They're like, come on. I, I don't I know. Feel it. Well, well see, that's season. why I like Survivor. I feel like Survivor is a little more real. It's real and people, like, yes. And it's less like, uh-huh. in, a, in a way, it's less dramatic. I mean, I know it gets pretty dramatic, but like, it's dramatic because these people are stuck on an island together mm-hmm. fighting for their lives right. and they're hungry and have headaches. And you know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. Would you ever, if you were given the opportunity to actually do Survivor, is that something that you would do? Or it's just like, I know that actors don't do reality TV, but you're such a big fan. So would you take that opportunity? I would love to do Survivor. <laughs> so spread the word to you know, because CBS. I would go... I would go in a heartbeat. I'm obsessed. I actually, I think I would be really good. I'm like, I'm outdoorsy. I love camping and like being outside and getting mm-hmm. like digging around in the dirt and stuff. And um, I also just think I would be a good like strategic player. Maybe I shouldn't like you're play my cards right now. Just right, in case you're I get smart. I mean, you can get along with loyal. people. I'm super sweet and loyal and not a competition threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get uh, together with our uh, CBS contacts and <laughs> yep. see if oh we can God, make this happen. Then, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could be like that girl from the Facts of Life. You know what I mean? Like maybe people wouldn't recognize me in right? the beginning. And, um, yes, so well, that cool that's so awesome, I, and I'm so happy you came to talk with us today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you you're such a great person. Uh, yeah. Just even just taking the time to talk to us, nobody's over here in Michigan. Um, oh no, I'm we having a blast. I'm, I'm super excited to watch your guys' season. I'm like, I might I might do Amazing Race after this. How many seasons are there? Uh, there are. Well, we were on 31, and that was the last one that aired. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So if I start in July. By this time next year, I'll get to your season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll just jump to your season. It's like it's hard to binge those shows because there's so many episodes. Like people are like, I want to watch your Big Brother seasons, and I'm like, it's like, it's like forty some episodes a season. Are I'm you just ready like, to make that commitment? It's an hour and episode. Ooh. Yeah, Big Brother. That's how long Big Brother is. It's yeah. forty episodes. Forty some it's, episodes. It's three, three episodes a week yeah. for three months. 
99 days. Oh, so, yeah. wow. I had no idea. <laughs> but Amazing Race that's is only intense. once a week, so that's probably only 10 episodes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can send okay, you the DVD. Here, okay, so if I, if I, should I, st- okay, here's a question, because I'll do this during the quarantine. Should I start <laughs> with your episode of Big your your guys' seasons of Big Brother, and then go to so we met on Amazing Big... Race. Or so should I start with Amazing Race. Let me give you some context. So Nicole and I, we met on Big Brother. We didn't get engaged or together until after Big Brother. So our relationship developed there. On Big Brother, we were just friends. Yeah, we were friends, and then we got together after the show, and then we did Amazing Race together. Mm-hmm. And then after Amazing okay. Race, I proposed to Nicole, but it was before it aired on Big Brother. I don't know if that makes sense. It aired on season. 20 of Big Brother. Yeah, I proposed it's, her on Big Brother. Whether you want to see it, yeah. yeah so but the show didn't come out because they didn't put it all together until after I had proposed already. <laughs> right. Wait, so then did you have to keep it a secret because Big Brother was like, we want to have like first look? Uh, no. So the Amazing Race was, I, I thought Amazing Race was going to be like, hey, look, I don't want you guys to do that because you're not married or, or engaged rather on Amazing Race, mm-hmm. but they, nobody said anything. We got engaged. And then if anything, it made it, it made it more interesting for people to see, all right, what happened for them to get engaged. Right. Like they the obviously Amazing didn't Race. break up on the show so, or get oh in a fight. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It see, was, this is the good kind of drama. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is like, this is like... Quality life living, you know? <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for talking <laughs> yeah. with us today. If we're ever in LA, we have your number. <laughs> oh my god. Victory, you're so weird. No, truly, so guys, wait, I'm actually like into this. Let me know <laughs> when you're here. Because by that time, I'll probably be done with Survivor. I'll probably have already started binging Big Brother and Amazing Race. And we can like actually get down to the nitty gritty questions I have. <laughs> okay. Heck yes, I like that. That. I love it. Uh, thank you for talking with us. You're, you're, you're such a pleasure to talk to. This yeah. was so much fun. Time just flew by. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, my gosh. We did it. Yeah. All well, right. thank you. Thank yeah. you. This was a blast. All oh right. You gosh. have a good day. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. See ya. What a breath of fresh air. Fun conversation that was uh, with a fellow Midwesterner. Although I'm a transplant, but I am now. A now, do you see why Midwesterners are just so nice? Yeah, <laughs> they really are. He no is. matter where they go. Yeah, he's yeah, he's very nice, very humble for being such a successful person. Now, switching gears, Nicole. Before I test you with the Spanish word of the day, what do you got for us in store for weird or normal? Well, for weird or normal. Weird or normal. normal. So, since it is almost Vic's birthday, you know, cake is something that we will probably have, which, yes, we are having cake, Victor. Okay. Okay. Why are you talking like that? But it's not. You're having ice cream cake. Vic loves ice cream cake, so my mom's making homemade ice cream cake. So, this doesn't apply to ice cream cake. You know who else likes ice cream cake? Who who likes ice cream cake? Cake. Michael Scott. The Office. (laughs) Yeah. He he said that last night in one of the episodes. We rewatch all like The Office all the time. So, but anyway. Yeah. I was allergic to dairy. (laughs) That's what he says. Anyways. So this is a weird or normal that I saw being done before. And it is a suggestion from a listener. It's actually a really good idea. Do you break apart your cupcake in half and then put the bottom half on top of the frosting? So it's kind of like a sandwich. So, rather, do you take the top off of the? No, you cup? take the bottom off. You break the you break it in half you break and it in put half. the bottom on top. Yeah, I have never heard that in my life. And it kind of makes sense because it becomes like a sandwich. That is so. Weird. It's like 
it's like cake, frosting cake, instead of like all the frosting on top and then all the cake on the bottom. My only problem with that is... Crumbs. Yes. Crumbs galore, which cupcakes are normally given at a party. So if somebody's at my house and they take a cupcake and without a plate, but cupcakes normally don't come with plates, right? So this is what's processing in my mind. If somebody said that in the house, like, oh, have you guys tried this? I'd be like, no. Because what people do is they just take a cupcake because it already has the bottom part. They pull that, right? So there's a bunch of stuff stuck to the paper already. And then they eat it. And there's enough crumbs as is. You imagine everybody in the house going, oh, yeah, let me try this. I'm going to teach our kids And rip it and put the crumbs everywhere. It's like if you're going to do that, you got to take a plate. Okay, Vic. But also, it's very weird. It's kind of a good idea, and I've never done it before, but I'm going to try it. Well, the thing is, I never eat any of that stuff half the time. And then the other times that I really do eat them, it's with ice cream. And then I just... Yeah, you have a disgusting tendency. (laughs) Like, let's not even... We've already talked about that. And that's way disgusting. It's not disgusting. liquidate all of your um, desserts into a drink. Like, if I'm going to... I don't want to drink my calories. Sorry. I want to eat my calories. So you don't like milkshakes? No. I I will have... You don't like milkshakes at all? No, I never get a milkshake. Never? No. That's a lie. I have I take, seen you get milkshakes. I take a sip of yours. I don't ever get milkshakes. I will get something with a spoon so I can scoop it into my mouth. Well, let me tell you what. A lot of people do like milkshakes. That's and a they're lot very of calories popular. and all you're doing is sipping. Wouldn't you're doing you, the exact same thing. Wouldn't you rather be putting a if spoon you, to your mouth? If you put two scoops of ice cream on your plate with a piece of cake, what's the difference between doing that and throwing all those in a blender? Ew. Victor, because I like the texture of the cake and the frosting, and I like to scoop a little bit of ice cream to and a little each bit of cake. Their own, and I do not criticize you you're, for eating. You're I, criticizing the cupcake. thing. No, I'm not. That's I'm I'm criticizing the crumbs. That's what I'm criticizing. The, it seems so like you a, admit that it's a good idea. I never said it was a bad idea. I mean, I think it's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bad idea. It's a bad idea in my house. I mean, if you want to, it's a good idea in somebody else's house. Mm. <laughs> also, and I do not criticize you eating cake and ice cream. Uh, so don't criticize me for blending my cake. Yeah, and you ice don't cream. like cake just like plain. Not normally. No, it has to be really moist cake with a little bit of frosting. If not, I scrape it off. Like I'm very particular about my cakes. I don't really like frosting. So how did I end up with someone that doesn't like cake? I do like cake. <laughs> I just not a big fan of frosting. Okay. And I don't like a lot of cake. I just like a little bit. Of I cake. know. And like cake is I'm not I'm sorry that, that I don't want to eat a sheet of cake. <laughs> wow. So horrible of me. No, but if I make a cake, you don't eat any, so I have a whole cake by myself. That's not good. Same thing with the rice krispies you made the other day. <laughs> yeah. And see, okay, so Nicole, <laughs> this is this is what it is with Nicole, right? She'll make stuff that she knows that I don't really eat, and then she'll try to make it so then I eat it, but then she gets mad that I don't eat it. Prime example, Rice Krispies. She's made them before at the house, and I didn't eat them, right? I maybe ate one just because she was like, oh, you're not going to eat my Rice Krispies? So, you know, I eat one. And then they, she has to go take them to their parents' house, her parents' house. And then now she made a huge thing of Rice Krispies with leftover cereal that she hadn't eaten, and then I, surprise, surprise, guess who's not eating them, you know? I made an apple pie last night, too. You ain't going to eat any of that, are you? Nope. <laughs> I'm not a fan of pie, let alone apple pie. Okay, I'm just going to say, I'm going to put this out there. It is very difficult to know that I am marrying someone who doesn't enjoy eating the same things I eat because at a restaurant, that's fine. 
at home, our grocery bills are outrageous. No, 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 no. no yes. No, no, no. And no. We, make it, we make it work, though. It's hard. It's not that hard. See, in Nicole's mind, she gets frustrated because she knows exactly what I like. But she doesn't want to make it. We talked about this. I'm just saying like cooking for one, cooking a cake, it comes in a box. It's one size. Mm -hmm. I can't just like, I mean, I guess I can start, I don't know how you do that. Divide (laughs) up the batter and cook a mini cake. Like it's just, I sacrifice a lot and you sacrifice a lot because I can't make a big, I don't like cookies and cream ice cream. So like buying it, I know you're going to eat the whole thing by yourself. But we haven't gotten cookies and cream. We we try to compromise. (laughs) Last time, okay. So Nicole says that like we went to the store and she goes, what ice cream do you want? Oh, cookies and cream. And she's like, no. I hate I was like, cookies and oh, cream. Okay, so don't pretend like we buy cookies and cream ice cream. We met in the middle with cookie dough, and you yes. ate it all anyways because I don't even really like cookie dough that much. Then why is that you're compromising? <laughs> then that's not even compromising. Because I can tolerate it. Oh my god, this is just it's hard. So now what we need to do is we're both buying what we like. You know, this this is the original. This is where all the problem stems from. Anybody in a relationship, this is ninety nine percent of the time. This is the problem. What you have to do is you got to communicate with the other person, which I do. I tell Nicole, I like this. I don't like this. No, all of a sudden today he doesn't like cheese. And no. This is something I have never heard before. And I just bought him two blocks of sharp cheddar cheese. Okay. Nicole, I eat cheese on occasion. I, you don't have to <laughs> buy a whole a two blocks of cheese for... <laughs> I like Parmesan cheese on my... Anyway, this is going on a complete different direction. Let's, let me digress. The yes. Spanish word of the day. Spanish word of the day is bizcocho. 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 Starts with a B or a P? B. How do I spell that? Bizcocho. I mean, I, I, it's, I think it's irrelevant <laughs> how it's spelled. <laughs> You're not doing a spelling bee. Biscuit. Cake. Oh, dang, that was close. Yeah. That's food. Yeah, yeah, you're right on, on track there. <laughs> <laughs> so close. All right, so now we're going to go into the reviews because you guys are so awesome, and without you, there's no us, and this is our little way to repay it back to you by reading your reviews. This one's by Sisters Forever 5. Helped me recover five stars. I had to have an appendectomy last Friday. A little scary having to go to the hospital with the COVID-19 situation. I started listening to this week's episode while waiting for my CAT scan results. Great distraction. You two always make me smile. Appreciate all that you're doing during this quarantine to help brighten our days. Especially love the video of Vic doing your makeup. (laughs) Wish nothing but love, happiness, and blessings for you both. Thank you. Amy. Thank you, Amy. That was very nice of you. And uh, Nicole had a lot of fun with that makeup. You looked great, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) okay. This one's from Lauren McDonald. Love y'all in this podcast. Five stars. I love this podcast. I was a huge fan of both of you on Big Brother, but am a bigger fan of y'all outside the house. This podcast is so genuine and makes me smile each time I listen. Absolutely love the variety of people that come on. Listening to this podcast makes my long drive home on the weekends pass so much faster and makes them more enjoyable. I love how the both of you are so relatable and true to yourselves. 
Oh, that was very sweet. Thank you so much. And if you want us to read your review, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app. That's the easiest way to do it. You can listen to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And you can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. And you can also check out our merchandise there. Don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you.